welcome back to the Magic of the Spheres podcast. This is Sabrina Monarch, and this is a show about spiritual lifestyle and personal evolution. I'm an evolutionary astrologer, a clairvoyant, and a thought leader, and I started this podcast to have more eclectic conversations about astrology as well as all things spiritual and personal development. I decided to take this week's forecast from YouTube, the audio version, and share it to the podcast, which is something that I've done a few times. I haven't made a practice of being consistent about it, though the forecasts are available every week in written form at monarchastrology.com, and most weeks are available on YouTube. I would go ahead and share them every week, and I may may work up to it. It's just a little bit labor-intensive, and I edit these forecasts. and edit the audio and stuff for the podcast by myself at this point. However, I know that some of you find this podcast through searching things on like Spotify or something. And that makes me really excited because um, I've been writing these forecasts. I'm on my sixth year of writing them and I love reaching new people with them. These forecasts are guided by my intuition, by my study of astrology. I work with these little blue lights that I see that help me write. And um, I really, you know, I'm devoted to this writing practice and love to share it. So I'll, I'll be trying to share it to the podcast more often so that you can listen to it this way. So keeping in mind that this was a YouTube video, what you're about to listen to, I will be saying certain things like like and comment and in the notes below. And I will copy those links in the show notes. Um, But just go ahead and code switch and translate that this was a YouTube video. And now I'm sharing it as a podcast episode. So I'm going to go ahead and get into it. This is the forecast for the new moon in Libra, the astrology of October 14th to October 20th, 2020. Welcome back. This is Sabrina Monarch of Monarch Astrology, bringing you the astrology forecast for October 14th to October 20th, where we have a new moon in Libra and some aspects to Mars. Mars is currently retrograde and has just gone through squaring Saturn and Pluto and Jupiter a little bit ago. And now when it's retrograde, it's already squared Saturn and Pluto again. And this week it squares Jupiter. So few things to know before we get started is that these are written forecasts at monarchastrology.com. And I branched out to YouTube to connect with those of you who are on YouTube. Maybe um, you haven't heard about my forecast before, or maybe you just like to receive your astrology information visually and verbally. So I wanted to bring that to you in that way. Um, Go ahead and like this video and subscribe if you're new here and hit the notification bell so that you always stay updated about these videos coming out. Okay, I'm going to share my screen and get started. So one of the meditations that I've really been working with lately is staying open, Um, staying open as opposed to contracting. And noticing where are those things in life that make me want to contract or get smaller um, or close down? And how can I like breathe into and open into that? 
And I think that this is really important. Um, in addition to it being a pretty life enhancing kind of meditation or a way to be in the world and, you know, noting the consequences of contraction and shutting down and compartmentalizing, it's like that stuff kind of gets uh, stagnant over time. In addition to it just being a worthwhile meditation in of itself, I find it particularly relevant for the transits that we're currently in because there's some some tense transits at the moment, uh, square astrology. And tension doesn't have to be bad. It doesn't have to be unenjoyable. This can actually be very spiritually opening. We've been talking about this for a little bit here because it's Mars retrograde, that Mars retrograde really brings out our relationship with confrontation and conflict. And there are ways that, you know, as we were talking about last week, that conflict can be spiritual, that um, confronting parts of yourself or confronting parts of life that you normally don't want to look at or that you shut down from can liberate so much energy and put you in touch with some of your deeper potentials and desires. So um, tense does not mean bad, but given that that's kind of the field that we're in, I'm going to describe in this forecast what these tensions are and some ideas on how you can work with them to have a juicy, magical time anyway. So this contraction um, begins with the Saturn-Pluto conjunction of 2020. And I wrote an article about this in September of 2019. And I haven't edited the article since it was first written. It was before all of this uh, pandemic and whatnot. So um, I'm going to leave the link in the notes and you can kind of see like what was the archetypal prediction for what would happen. Um, you know, I predict things archetypally, not concretely. And astrologers, we knew for years that 2020 was going to be a really heavy year. Um, we didn't know how particularly, but just that when Saturn and Pluto come together in this way, it has cyclically tended um, or reliably um, shown up as contracted moments in history, moments of crisis and contraction. It's also a transit of really, um, really doing the work, um, really confronting some of the deeper psychological concepts um, or deeper psychological themes in your life um, and learning how to hold and contain them and be able to facilitate your own process as opposed to, you know, what happens when we are confronted with psychological content that we can't handle um, is that we compartmentalize it or we try to split, um, such as when maybe we're in a conflict with someone else. And rather than taking accountability for our own side of it, we split off psychologically and project our own shadow completely onto the other person and demonize them instead of seeing how we are involved in the situation, for example. And so that's a greater tendency at this moment. And openness is really a form of strength. It takes strength to be resilient and to stay open to life um, and to ourselves instead of shutting down and contracting. And if you aren't totally sure yet what I mean between openness and contraction, I'll be talking about that throughout. So um, perhaps you're already bringing your own, your own concept of what those two things are right now. Openness is also really nuanced. It involves surrendering to the mystery of greater intelligence, 
whether of source or how source is wanting to move through us and the deeper wisdom of the body. So, you know, what are you opening to? What, what are you a vessel of when you open? What are you receiving? In one situation, openness could look like reconciliation, you know, being open to connection. And in yet another situation, openness could be burning the bridge, being open to cutting. You know, we can be open to so many different things. It depends on what energetically the most open thing for you with proper boundaries, right? If we align ourselves uh, with a deeper value or you already know what your deeper values are, then life offers us many opportunities to be devoted. Someone whose deeper mission in life um, is about like cultivating relationship and, you know, learning all the things about relationship, they might see discord and conflict as an opening for greater love and reconciliation and understanding and healing and all of this. One who is devoted to truth and honesty may face situations where speaking their truth could create ruptures. And instead of maintaining the status quo or relationships based off of a false self, because of their devotion to truth, um, this person is open to the losses and gains that come from truth telling. With several square or 90 degree aspects this week between planets, which we'll be getting into in more detail. There can be clashes around conflicting values and agendas, both internally and relationally. So see if you can stay open to the ways that these current tensions are working you. You know, are you being worked? If you look back at some of the formative events in your life that were really hard at the time, but you're grateful for what has come of it, you know, you were being worked then so that you could be where you are now. And not saying that everything has to be hard for it to be valuable or worthwhile, but when life is working you or when you're feeling worked, how do you lean into that? If you notice yourself beginning to contract or want to control the situation in some attempt to feel better, you know, to feel more secure, ask yourself if there's another way. Sometimes at moments of impasse, I like to think of myself in a dream, like a sleeping dream, and wonder how I would engage if it were a dream that I was lucid in, for example. For me, that usually translates to seeing vaster possibility, feeling freer, like, oh, there's so much that I could do in this moment. What calls to me? And then following an inspired action Um, or harmonizing with my environment, like walking through a door that has presented itself. (sighs) Yeah, I have memories. (laughs) I was just thinking about a time. um, I talked about this on the podcast in one episode, but I was at a um, ecstatic dance event and um, I saw this person who looked a lot like someone I had some very unresolved situation with. And, um, they looked almost identical, like it was eerie. And in that moment, it was like, what would I do if this were a dream? Like, I would not forgive myself if I did not talk to this character. So I went up to this person and said to them, like, hey, I'm sorry I've been staring at you because I totally was. And um, it's because you look like someone that I used to know. And I'm wondering if I can talk to you. 
And we had this conversation that, you know, one thing led to another and that was like a pivotal day in my life. Um, the sequence of events that unfolded leading, leaded me to meet a mentor who's still a mentor of mine to this day. And I just knew in that moment, like there was part of me, like maybe a normal, like just lower level, basic kind of conventional, like, what am I going to do in this moment? What's normal to do that would have just kind of left the person alone. And like, but there was this deeper impulse of like, this is too strange. Like they look exactly alike. I have to talk to this person. So things like that, where, um, when does your life have that impasse where you could take an action, you could do something and you're not sure if you're going to do it or not. Um, or maybe you're in a conflict situation in your life. And if you just zone like back for a minute and think about it as a story or like you were in a dream and not in a dissociative way, um, but in a kind of like expansive freer way, how would you engage? How would you participate? This week's astrological tensions can be very contemplative, but also may ask for decisions to be made where the situation is more immediate. You're given a choice. Decision closes certain doors and opens others. So it's important to sense into what matters to you and to find ways to honor that. So do take some time, like when you're in, um, one of the things that I notice about Mars retrograde is that some of the conflicts that come with this transit happen in slow motion. Like there's actually time to like feel into the tension of the drama and feel into the, the things that you're wrestling with inside your consciousness of different kind of impulses that you're not sure which to take. And in that very uncomfortable moment of tension, uh, there is a moment to really, really contemplate. Um, and make a choice versus those split second kind of things where it's like, you didn't even get that opportunity. I find Mars retrograde kind of slow-mos the whole thing. So here's our week um, in more detail with the specific transits after a few announcements. Um, one is that you can sign up for my mailing list to um, receive these weekly forecasts every week, along with updates about things like when my books open for astrology readings or courses that I'm teaching. I'd also love if you followed me on Instagram at Sabrina Monarch. I post content there that I really don't post anywhere else. And there's Instagram stories and all that kind of thing. So uh, go follow me there. And I have a new episode of my podcast, Magic of the Spheres. Um, this one is with Gabriella, the stylist witch. And we talked about casting spells with your clothes and beauty sovereignty, which I think is such an important theme in general, but also especially for Libra season. Um, we all deserve to feel beautiful and beauty is in the eye of the beholder. Um, beauty is... Also something that has been incredibly like weaponized or kind of industrialized in some sense with all the advertisements and beauty standards and whatnot. And so finding our way back into taste with what we want to wear and how we want to feel um, is a really important self-love practice. And, you know, it goes way deeper than appearances. So I hope that you'll check out this episode. 
And I have uh, the next run of my evolutionary astrology intensive. So this is a Pluto and lunar node based astrology that gets into the question of why are you here? What's your purpose? What have you um, been experiencing in prior lives that you're bringing into this life as baggage and as talent and as unfinished business? Um, what is the arc of your soul's evolution? Such an amazing wisdom school. Um, I've been practicing this since I was, I guess, I think I founded it at 21 um, and studied it at 22. And I've just been running with it since. Uh, it's so dear to my heart and I love sharing it. I teach this class to give you the foundations to have a personal astrology practice um, or deepen one that you already have um, and how to feel delineations, like how to know these archetypes so well and to have a relationship with them so that you can come up with your own interpretations of natal charts and current transits without having to um, necessarily research everything. Like research is a phase of learning, but how do you find that within yourself? So this is going to be starting January 11th, 2021. Click the link in the video description for uh, more info, some testimonials, the curriculum, um, and to enroll. I also have a level two training for alumni coming soon. Um, I'm developing this new offering for alumni of the Evolutionary Astrology Intensive um, to deepen their skills in community. So stay tuned for updates on this. It will also be in the winter, I'm, I'm thinking. And my astrology reading bookings are currently full. I'm booked out for a little bit, but still taking new clients for ongoing mentorship and coaching, a six-month or one-year commitment. Um, I love working with people over a period of time and getting to unfold the chart through your experiences. And, you know, I believe that astrology is a practice. Um, getting readings one time is amazing um, and can be so catalytic. But learning how to relate with your chart and how to live it out and how to unfold its potentials and, you know, relate to yourself through this lens is something that I love to help people with. So if you're interested in working with me in that capacity, send me an email at sabrina at monarchastrology.com for a free consultation call. Okay, here's the rest of our transits. So on October 15th, 2020, sun, uh, the sun in 22 degrees of Libra will square Pluto in 22 degrees of Capricorn at 3.15 a.m. So divisive is this commonly used word to describe our current moment. And the astrology that connects to this is the current great conjunction of Saturn and Pluto and Capricorn that has, you know, been characterizing 2020 and continues to be activated in large ways this year, currently in a, you know, more ongoing, you know, multi-month way with Mars squaring these planets. But now we have the sun and Libra um, coming into add a T-square. So Jupiter and Capricorn is also, you know, conjunct this conjunction and it's blowing up and exaggerating the Saturn-Pluto dynamic, making it extra, uh, blowing it out of proportions, almost like a ceremony. Like when you've let yourself just really go fully into something so that it can be exhausted. Like it's that kind of level of like intensity. So something can be exhausted. And Mars due to its retrograde is spending an extra long time squaring Jupiter, Saturn, and Pluto and Capricorn. And now the sun and Libra 
adds this T-square. So the Saturn-Pluto energy is in itself divisive because it relates to profound psychological contraction. It relates to the quality of sensing a threat and creating an extreme solution to separate oneself from that threat, whether that means rejecting a part of ourselves or demonizing another person. Just because this is a collective tendency right now doesn't mean that you have to play into it as well. But if you do want to opt out, it requires psychological honesty and growth. It requires asking ourselves some hard questions and doing internal work. So read that Saturn and Pluto article that I mentioned and I'll link below for some suggestions on what this internal work looks like. And this week, consider the balance that you can bring into your life by choosing to stay open instead of contracting. So we're clear, here's some examples of contraction and openness. Here's contraction. Rejecting and trying to suppress a part of yourself as opposed to, you know, or even trying to destroy um, a part of yourself as opposed to accepting it first. Um, I know I've done this with heartbreak, like feeling um, like after some time goes by, you know, or maybe even at the start, who knows, like not wanting to go into the depth of it and just being like, I should get over this. Um, and if I'm not able to release that, just kind of putting it out of mind or thinking that or doing all these rituals and doing all these things with my life to kill it and to move on and to feel better um, instead of actually just accepting that those feelings are there, right? And it actually feels a lot more healing at a certain point in the grief process. You know, there is a denial phase of the grief process, but there is a point where it's just acceptance. Um, another example of contraction is feeling pain or dullness or deadness in your body when you entertain particular thoughts. This is a great practice to, um, to really work your intuition is to spend time entertaining different options in your mind, um, different thoughts and feel, you know, get into a meditative place, like feel into your own essence and your own energy and try on these different ideas. And you'll notice potentially that some things that you think about actually create sensation where you start to feel your heart clench up or uh, something sinking to the pit of your stomach versus when you have an idea that sends chills up your spine or feels like tingly or feels opening. Um, you can even try to um, work yourself into a feeling state first, like feel open and see what thoughts come to mind. You know, like you can just play with how do ideas feel in you to feel for the difference between openness and contraction. Another contraction is gripping or attempting to control a situation so that you don't have to feel the situation. Be patient with yourself too. It's moving from contraction to openness is a is a process. So openness, this could be sending breath to different chakra centers and breathing deeply, giving um, breath to different parts of your body that need it, even parts of your body that feel tension, just breathing into them. 
giving space to allow for the full expression of your emotions without trying to control them, grieving, accepting the depth of your desire and the potential discomfort of desire, like wanting something so bad that it hurts. And that's when it's like, you know, how do we even hold that? Or we try to split off from it. So being in the intensity of desire and like seeing if you can hold that and circulate that juicy energy through your body and through your whole life. Remaining loving of yourself when you make mistakes, remaining loving of others when they make mistakes. Listening to impulses and instincts in your system and letting them be, um, letting them be there without trying to control them. And you can still decide how and if you act on them. Sometimes you don't act on them so literally, but you channel them in some way. Consider that wherever your life is a lot of something, a lot of sensation, that it is like knocking on your door to open you. You can try to control that opening and contract, which I wouldn't recommend. Um, Or you can discover how you can recalibrate and balance with this new or pressure-filled gravitational pull in your life. Are there certain tools and modalities that empower you? And then um, on October 16th, 2020, new moon in 23 degrees of Libra at 1231 p.m., And while this moon makes tense aspects to Mars and Aries and Jupiter, Pluto and Saturn and Capricorn, the upcoming full moon in Scorpio, which is going to be the peak of this lunar cycle that's beginning now, um, which will be on October 31st, Halloween, um, this full moon that's upcoming will feature the moon exactly conjunct Uranus and Taurus in the same degree. Simply put, this puts us on schedule to confront some crunchier or more um, tougher issues or blocks around the new moon and to experience some kind of liberation or breakthrough around the full moon. In the um, perinatal matrices or the there's this theory from Stanislav Grof and Rick Tarnas about um, the astrology of the birth process and how birth is this original trauma um, that we all go through to enter this life. Um, I suppose there's some ramifications if you're a C-section baby, um, because then it's like you go from being in the womb to just kind of like teleporting into this other reality. Um, But if you go through the birth canal, um, essentially the infant is like in this, um, womb space, which, you know, depending on the circumstances of the, um, the mother's, uh, stress levels or happiness or, um, all of that, the conditions of the womb can be a variety of things, but generally it's just kind of like this infant is kind of like an aquatic being, um, in the womb. And there's just this one reality that's happening. There's a sense of non-differentiation and union, which is associated with Neptune. And then um, when the contractions of labor start, but the cervix hasn't opened, um, it rem- it has this quality of Saturn to it. Like um, 
a no exit scenario. Like there's all this pressure and, um, this place that was once, you know, life-giving or once safe is now like closing in and shrinking in on, on one. And then moving through the birth canal, it's like very painful for mother and the baby. And there's this like, uh, you know, to the organism, to this infant, it feels, um, potentially like a death, you know, there's no intellectual context to process this. Um, and there's this like cathartic, uh, intensity through that. And then Uranus, um, is that liberation at the end of like, Oh, like whole new world, like, you know, all this struggle. And now like there's space again. And so we go through this cycle throughout our lives, um, in, in general, or also in intensified moments, um, where we play out that early life trauma, um, you know, situations where you felt you had no exit, Saturn energy. So when we're having some kind of problem or we don't know if we're going to make it through, or, you know, it's kind of like an initiation sense of like, might make it, might not. There's that struggle energy. There's that challenge energy. And then when you get to the other side, it's like, oh, wow, we made it. Like, I see why all of this happened. So in just about two weeks, <laughs> that's kind of what I'm talking about of going through this kind of arduous struggle. And you may not like feel like your life is incredibly challenging right now. I mean, it, in general for the globe, things are challenging, um, but there may be micro situations or just certain things that are like kind of gritty for you. And then see if they kind of open up in some way around the full. And I believe that this may also have to do with the degree to which you actually face these things and wrestle with them. Um, this is why I think like personal development work is so powerful because you tune into what's your cutting edge. Like you're very aware of your edge. You contemplate it, you work with it, you gain insight. And then these breakthroughs happen. So a little bit more about, um, this new moon. The cardinal signs, Aries, Cancer, Libra, and Capricorn can bring up some crunchiness about how we create agreements and negotiations in relationship based on our identities, um, the identity of the relationship, and the rules that we have for relating, which may or may not be the same, you know, often aren't the same as people that we're in connection with. And so when conflict comes up, there's the sense of well, what did you expect or what did you want or how could we make this better? And so there's all this negotiation that really goes into relationship and negotiation and Libra and relationship are all you know, highly connected. So ideally, these agreements that we create with others create a container for expansiveness and intimacy. Um, so sometimes the, you know, if you think about a game, a game has rules um, in order for the game to be played. And so in relationship, when we have agreements, it can let there be an experience, um, sometimes an experience that couldn't be had without those kind of ground rules. Sometimes, however, the way in which we create and enforce rules in relationship is more about control and defensiveness than it is about connection. We do this to guard ourselves from getting hurt um, or to 
guard ourselves from like a loss of dignity or pride. Like it's a defensive thing. However, in a skillful way, the cardinal signs can be quite diplomatic, Libra especially. Have you experienced conflict resolution, for example, where each party grew closer, grew spiritually, and felt better for not only having resolved the disagreement, but for having had the disagreement and the resolution process to begin with? This new moon, consider any intentions you have about learning how to improve your relationships, which inevitably includes how you yourself process your more turbulent emotions and invite people into your world and your vulnerability um, or with your vulnerability as opposed to weaponizing it, you know, feeling victimized and then blaming. Um, for example, are you skilled at being on people's teams? and inviting them to be on yours? Are you skilled at expressing your desires and needs without making it about blame or control? Do you know how to say yes and no, honestly? Are you a good listener? Wherever you are at, these skills can be expanded cyclically. Your relationship is always a fertile ground for personal and spiritual evolution. Tune into opportunities to create more beauty and harmony in your life. And, you know, wherever there's a little bit of pressure too, because this new moon is going to be square the Capricorn planets and opposite Mars. So, you know, maybe some things. And so this is a quote taken from my friend and astrologer, psychotherapist, Lucian Schloss, um, his Facebook from a systemic point of view, problems are unsuccessful attempts to love, and the love that maintains the problem can be redirected to resolve it. The therapeutic task is, first of all, to find the point at which the client loves. When I have found that point, then I have therapeutic leverage. By helping the client find an appropriate and mature way to love, the problem dissolves, and the same love that maintained the problem solves it. And then a follow-up quote, as a rule, problems are described in such a way as to avoid a solution. That's why I don't need to hear all of the description of the problems from people in a group. They're certainly false. If they had the correct description, they wouldn't be talking about the problem anymore. The correct description of a problem contains the resolution to the problem. And this is from a book called Love's Hidden Symmetry, What Makes Love Work in Relationships by Bert Hellinger with Gunther Weber and Hunter Beaumont, 1998. And then on September 18th, 2020, Sun in 25 degrees of Libra will square Saturn in 25 degrees of Capricorn. I didn't write a delineation from this one because it's been thematically kind of woven into this forecast in general. Um, but the same day, Venus in 18 degrees of Virgo will oppose Neptune in 18 degrees of Pisces at 7.49 a.m. Pacific. So Neptune in Pisces has also been squaring the nodal axis in Sagittarius and Gemini for a little while now, and Venus joins. Um, so you have a Venus-Neptune opposition forming a T-square um, with the nodal axis. So you have planets squaring the nodes on both sides. So... 
here are some considerations. I like planet scoring the nodes are a huge part of my practice um, in terms of especially natal chart readings. I really focus like on planets at a 90 degree angle to the nodes. Um, instead of explaining the whole technical part of it, I'm just going to share the delineation. So there are two big processes occurring with this transit, um, or perhaps needing to occur. One is to spend time alone and potentially in more expansive settings like um, something adventurous or outdoors, um, whatever it is that helps you feel spacious inside of yourself and to feel like life is full of possibility. And from this place um, to gain perspective and to tune in with what's true as you find some space away from the buzzing frequency of rapid and constant communication. So just like getting some special kind of mountain air um, where you can just kind of breathe. The other is quite almost the opposite. Um, and that's taking in the perspective of other people and to translate our own perspectives into words and to discover how to intellectually attune with others to be part of that buzzing frequency of uh, connection and communication so that we can experience mutual understanding. The openness to both of these experiences is truly a balancing act, but watch how each can enhance and inform the other how our perceptions change. So you know how this goes when you're in like a, a situation and you're not really sure how to communicate how you feel and you don't know where you stand. So you're feeling a little bit lost and you need to maybe go have some space to think and to clear your mind. And then you come upon some knowledge that, you know, bubbles up within yourself and then you can go back into communication and translate what that was. Um, but perhaps too, you know, you go off in your own space and you have your own world and your own perspective kind of built. And then you go have a conversation with someone and they share information that really kind of contrasts what that world is that you just built. And how do you work with that information? You know, like, does it stimulate you? Does it grow your truth? Does it feel like a threat? Like, how do you balance that, the vast kind of expansive inner world with the, electricity of getting all these different ideas and picking up information from anywhere and everywhere. Uh, I'm basically talking about the Gemini and Sagittarius lunar node axis, if you didn't already tell. And truth changes. Some truths are deeply immutable, but many smaller truths are flexible and shift with time and perspective. This is a time to check in with how flexible we are allowing ourselves to be when it comes to adjusting to and integrating new information. Can our use of language and our communication accommodate this, accommodate new ideas? Or are we stuck in old stories without communicating how we've changed? Now, Venus-Neptune, this opposition, highlights the sublime. And with Venus and Virgo, we may encounter the sublime in the details. So notice, um, explore the nuances and textures and the vast universes inside of small things. How can you sense into the magic of the everyday? It may also be important to become aware of the places where we've fallen out of love with ourselves 
and if we can still love those places. So are you compartmentalizing which parts of yourself are good, which parts of yourself you can put forward and allow other people to see, and then which parts of yourself feel shameful and like you need to kind of hide them and make them small and you don't even want to look at them and you don't want to give them any love. Like those places um, might be really important to um, reach to and extend graciousness toward um, when you cast, you know, parts of yourself out of your own mythical garden, can you find your will to bring them back in and love them anyway? Not love them because they got better, you fix them, but just love them for what they are. It clears up a good amount of resistance, honestly. And then later this day, Mars retrograde in 19 degrees of Aries will square Jupiter in 19 degrees of Capricorn at 10.38 p.m. And when Mars had stationed retrograde, Mars had already formed squares to Jupiter, Pluto, and Saturn. And now retrograde, Mars is going back and repeating all of these squares for a second of three times. And this officially brings Mars back into the crescent phase square with all of these Capricorn planets, though Mars stationed originally at a first quarter square. So the difference um, between first quarter and crescent, essentially you have two planets uh, together at the conjunction, and then there's a slower moving planet and a faster moving planet. And the faster moving planet, as it gets to 90 degrees away from the first planet, um, this is like a pivotal moment that's like the first quarter square, but just a little bit before it makes that exact 90 degree angle, it's in the crescent. So the crescent phase is more of a, um, a moment of getting ready to take a leap. Um, there's a sense of having an impasse or having a decision that needs to be made, but you've never been in that situation before. So it's natural to project a lot of anxieties. Like if you are moving from your hometown for the first time, um, maybe going off to college or something like that, you know, you're about to enter this whole new world and you don't know what it's going to be like. You have no reference points for it. Or maybe you're um, about to get married and you've never been in a marriage before. It's like you don't really have personal reference points to know what this new decision is going to be. Versus the first quarter is like, you're just trying things out. You're testing um, your yourself kind of against the elements and seeing what sticks and seeing what works. So Mars has been in this kind of experimental relationship with uh, these planets at the start of the retrograde, but now is retrograding and retreating back into that, like, I don't know, I haven't been here before yet phase, um, which is going to manifest um, in the following way or could manifest in the following way. So many of us are contemplating some bigger plans and moves in life. And we're feeling insecure about launching and taking the step. It may not actually be time to take the step. Um, if you've ever made a big decision out of alignment with time, like you rushed it or you didn't act when you, you know, should have or whatever, you know how disorienting it was versus how it felt to harmonize with time. So I'm not saying don't launch something or start something new. You can start something new whenever, especially if you feel like it's ripe and you're, you're just ready. And it's like, it's now.
The moment of flying from the nest for the first time will always feel insecure and vulnerable and feeling 100% ready isn't a prerequisite for launch. Sometimes you learn as you fly. This is to say, though, that it's likely that certain projects are incubating right now and that the battle isn't pushing the trigger. Like, can't I just have the courage and do this thing? Maybe it's that. But it could also be, okay, fine-tuning. What are the you know fears and resistances you have and working through that? Now, if you're the kind of person that procrastinates forever, processing and planning, maybe not the best advice for you, <laughs> but you know, generally that's like kind of the vibe of this transit of slowing down, feel, getting into this like readiness to take the move. But hopefully, you know, you eventually do the thing. And as you do this, um, if you tune into overcoming your fears and like tuning in with the psychology of what's happening, you can make these wins um, of overcoming those things and making preparations on your path. Our greater achievements in life aren't really just about us. It's possible to be humbled and overwhelmed by our life's assignment. Like, oh, this is what I'm supposed to do. I'd rather, you know, not, but <laughs> okay, I guess this is my life purpose. Like, um, like even for me, like there's definitely parts of my personality that are like, I would rather not be on video. <laughs> I'd rather not be sharing my ideas publicly. Um, don't get me wrong. Another part of me is like super down for it. Um, but I still grab, like, there's an ego part of me that's like, ugh, like, why, you know, but like my soul continues to drive me to do this because I feel like it's my purpose. Um, so it's like getting out of your own way. And because we have free will, we get to choose whether or not we accept the initiations in life and whether we choose to lean into our purpose or to run away from it. There is a process unfolding now around gaining the courage to accept who we are before we make a bigger move. Maybe the bigger move is on the horizon, like it's planned even. Um, or maybe you give yourself a deadline. So exhaust yourself with your planning. Get so exhausted, you're ready to surrender and do the thing. You know, go ahead and prepare. Or if you're tempted, get so close to doing the wrong thing as in this thing that's not really for you, but that for whatever reason you think that you want, that you fatefully retreat and get a new lease on your life. I wouldn't encourage you to veer off the path of, you know, your destiny just for kicks. Like I'm just going to go, you know, like when you are really strong in your purpose and you know what you value, when you veer from that, it hurts. Like, it's like you're getting off track. Um, but every now and then there's something on the side that kind of like is tempting. Like, oh, I think I want to do this thing. And we think it's part of the path, but the closer we get to it, the wronger that it feels. Um, and sometimes there's lessons that can come from engaging that fascination or that curiosity. 
It's just that sometimes we make the appointment, for example, like a literal appointment or a figure of speech to move towards something, only to get such a deep contraction about it or cold feet that we can knowingly turn away and close the door instead of holding on for a possibility where it wasn't meant for us. Tough calls are a part of the hero's journey. So tune into your dignity and what feels most expansive and true, whether or not it's easy. And so a video came to mind. Um, I'll leave it in the, the notes. And it's um, from Rebecca Black, who made that like Friday video some years back that went viral. And it was kind of going viral as a joke, though the video was not made as a joke. So it was, you know, and she's a teenager. I think she was like 14. So it was this kind of humiliating experience. Um, and there's like a a video about what that experience was like and how she made the best out of it, made the best out of an adverse event, you know, but a opportunistic event if your video suddenly goes viral um, and how she was kind of forged from this knock in life and how she contemplating hiding, like deleting the video, but then she felt all this fire inside of her of like, I'm not going to let them win like that. And she made a different choice. Um, I sense that kind of vibe somehow this week of like um, feeling into your fire as a navigational thing, but also that sometimes it's like, you're not sure what the right choice is, but then there's this sense of being guided as well. And then on October 19th, Venus in 19 degrees of Virgo will try in Jupiter in 19 degrees of Capricorn at 1235 AM Pacific. So tune into the pleasures that come from being crafty, thorough, and refined. Venus in Virgo's artistry is thoughtfulness. Specialized skill takes time to cultivate. There is a, a grace to the practice itself and esteem that we find in devotion. The fruits of these practices are also special and rarefied. Um, you know, eating food that was made by a professional chef. It's, you can experience that cultivation in the food. Um, honor these planets by engaging in something beautiful and ceremonial. Pull some extra stops as an act of service. And then our last transit of the week, Mercury retrograde in nine degrees of Scorpio will oppose Uranus retrograde in nine degrees of Taurus at 7.54 p.m. And this just happened on October 7th before Mercury was retrograde. So Mercury stationed retrograde pretty close after this opposition. It was um, on the 13th that Mercury stationed retrograde. So this can be a time of surprising ourselves with our own self-honesty and receptivity to that honesty, especially around matters of desire. Mercury is conjunct asteroid goddess Juno, who represents soul contracts. So it may be that the more deeply and intimately we tune in with ourselves, the more we resonate with people that we're meant to link up with. <clears throat> this can also be a time of breaking up some stagnancy that we've held on to. Stagnancy is kind of a mystery. Many of us have the desire to speed up arrival, speed up getting over something and moving past something. And yet there the block is. 
It's the emotion's still there. The pattern's still there, whatever it is. Sometimes we simply have to surrender to the, the timing. And other times there are opportunities for catharsis in view, usually disguised within things we feel resistance towards. Check in with yourself about areas of your life that you're avoiding, parts of yourself that you avoid. And what if you freed up energy if you faced it? I talked about this a little bit last week with that Scorpio fascination of like, oh, that thing bothers me. Why? Like wanting to understand the self as a way of self-intimacy um, and that there can be breakthroughs and liberations that come with that. So thanks for tuning in with me. Um, please like this video, leave a comment, let me know what resonated with you and I'll see you next time. Thank you for listening. If you've been enjoying this podcast for a little while and you have something to say about it, I would love to read your review on Apple Podcasts or iTunes. If you leave a review and take a screenshot before you click submit and email it to me at sabrina at monarchastrology.com, I'll send you a free gift. It's a resource library about creating and elevating your reality. It's based on my own experience and studies that come from rewiring my brain away from depression when I was younger and working with certain teachings um, around attraction and magnetism and reality creation essentially to have a more fun and more fulfilling life. And you know, if you listen to this podcast that I talk about a lot of different things like shadow work and the depths of the soul and whatnot. And this resource library is a lot more towards that upper realm of spirit, of ascending, of choosing a reality that you want to have and living into it. So I think that as part of a holistic practice of personal development or living a spiritual life, knowing how to engage peak experience or how to integrate higher emotions into your life um, is really worthwhile. So I'd love to share this resource library with you. Um, it's a gift for you if you review the podcast and reviewing the podcast helps more people find out about this podcast. So it is really appreciated and really helpful. All right. I hope that you have a great week. Thanks for tuning in. Thank you.